Hello, everyone, and welcome to Loving Your Life. This is Dola, your host. Um, and last week we touched on uh, the mental health subject that seems to be everywhere these days, and I didn't think one show was an adequate um, response to it from the point of view of keeping love in our lives because. Um, you know, our mental health has to do with keeping love in our lives, right? So um, so I wanted to give it the adequate, um, you know, attention that it requires uh, to, to be addressed. Um, and I know we talk about emotional intelligence and they're totally related, but I want to re- I want to be clear about how they're related. So there's no question about my position on, on uh, maintaining our mental health. You know, it's true that since we are very, very young, we're aware of our physical health, our physical well-being, and we, you know, we are aware of the fact that our parents set up, um, you know, six-month visits to the dentist or, you know, annual visits to the dentist and uh, annual visits to the doctor, the MD, the the uh, our GPs that have to do with you know checking our everything that's everything's going right in our bodies, and you know our, our physical bodies are very much uh, top of mind for us to maintain. But our emotional selves, our psychological health, is is something that comes about only if there are issues. And to be honest, we all have experienced some degree of mental health challenge, um, but we wouldn't call it that unless it became an issue, right? A, a big, a big issue. And so I think what has happened is now that we're talking about it and we're hearing about it and we understand a little bit more about it, and emotional intelligence has become part of our, uh, you know, our, our, our cultural, uh, you know, discussion and the importance of it, I think it, um, it, it is a good thing. It's a good thing because it's bringing it out from the dark into the light and shining the light on the need to attend to our psychological health. So, you know, I think the, the whole idea of, um, you know, annual checkups and, and doctors, um, you know, dentist visits and gynecological visits, dermatological it, it visits to, to maintain our physical health. If we look at that as our model for what we really want to happen with our uh, mental health, um, that would be a good way to look at it, to frame it so that we understand that it's not a bad thing to, to take time to attend to it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a good thing. All right. So so why is it important to uh, attend to our emotions? Our emotions become our mental health because how we feel inside the emotional response we have to everything right in our lives will become part of how mentally healthy we are, how psychologically healthy we are. How do we hold thoughts and feelings in our, you know, selves that sometimes become physical, you know, um, to the extent that we have chronic stress, it becomes a, a physical issue. So once it becomes physical, we're in that other realm where we're taking medications or we're going through, you know, um, the medical health system. And that doesn't necessarily have to be because once once it gets there, it's kind of like a, 
you know, downhill spiral sometimes. And, um, and we could have attended to it uh, prophylactically by attending to our emotions. So how can we develop ourselves? How can we maintain our mental well-being as well as we do our physical selves? Not to, not to create more work for us, um, you know, because I don't mean to do that. But it's in, to incorporate the attention on a daily basis so that we uh, sort of hit it off at the pass and it doesn't become a bigger deal. Um, you know, it becomes more routine, something that we do for ourselves every day, you know, and it takes a few minutes of our time or, you know, when we have an emotional crisis that we, you know, really kind of attend to it in a way that takes care of our uh, psychological health, our psychological um, selves. Um, and, you know, we have the resources. They're all over the place. We don't necessarily recognize it. But listen to this statistic. This is pretty interesting. It was to me. Only 11% of adults reported anxiety or depression or both in 2019, just a couple of years ago. And as of January of this year, 2021, 41% reported symptoms of, of adults reported symptoms of anxiety and depression. So, you know, that kind of highlights the need for us to attend because, well, you know, this was a bad year, admittedly, <laughs> you know, um, there was a pandemic and we were isolated and, you know, that was part of it, right? Being isolated from one another because connectivity is one of the antidotes to uh, a crisis in our mental or emotional health. So uh, definitely that makes sense for sure. Um, but, you know, I, th I think it highlights the need to address it, though, because if ha almost half of us are feeling some level of anxiety and depression, um, it, it, it bears discussion and um we, you know, sort of having some sort of plan to address it for the individual or the group or whatever, you know, whatever we have in our minds in our own little spaces, um, you know, it, it, it bears discussion and resolution of some sort, or at least giving people the tools, um, you know, to, to take it out of, um, you know, the concern for people to have opinions about it, um, you know, and I think it's coming out of that, you know, we used to have negative opinions about someone being depressed or anxious or nervous or, you know, my father used to use the term nervous and I think he meant stressed and um, and I, 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 I think, you know, prolonged periods of stress and nervousness and anxiety can cause so much trouble and we don't want to, you know, like I said, go down that road. So, you know, here again, we visit our emotional intelligence. And I think it's so easy because it's something we can develop, right? If we can't exercise our emotional intelligence um, to the extent and develop our emotional intelligence to the extent that we can fortify ourselves against crisis, mental crisis. Um, but we, we, you know, we aren't taught that from the beginning. So we have to teach ourselves and hold ourselves, um, you know, responsible and accountable to um, fortifying our own emotional uh, health. So self-care is included, right, in, in the care of the heart and the soul and the non-physical parts of us. 
So for example, when we fail, okay, that might be a source for emotional, you know, devastation, depending on how we hold that failure. You know, I, I always go back to, to um, Thomas Edison, who, who said, you know, I, I don't think of it as failure. I think of it as it, something that won't work, something else that won't work. And I kind of continue on to knowing it, it kind of gives me good information because I know I don't have to revisit that. You know, it depends on you hold it on the way you hold it, though, because if you fail and you're devastated by the failure and your self-talk uh sort of corroborates that devastation by saying, oh my God, I am so not worth um, this. I, you, you see, I'm just a failure. And, and you just reinforce and beat yourself up. Um, then that's not caring for the self in a way that will allow you to be emotionally healthy, mentally healthy. So um, if you experience failure and you simply react and do, you know, do what you don't want to do to yourself um, by re- but with those reactive behaviors, then, you know, you're not serving the self. You're not caring for the self and you don't want to do that. You have to find other ways of dealing with that. And that's what the development of emotional intelligence is all about finding constructive ways to respond rather than react to a negative situation, right? So, you know, that's, that's you know, one thing is failure. Another thing might be, you know, your feelings of guilt. When you feel guilty, and that hurts, it, it, it just hurts the heart to feel guilty about something. Um, but what what are you guilty about? I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, well, I can't tell her what I really want to you know, what, what's really true because I feel guilty about, you know, her being, and I kept probing and asking, well, what do you feel guilty about? Well, you know, she expects me to do this. And I, I, so, so my thought is, are you in control of someone else's happiness? Do you really feel that? Are you responsible for their sadness? Um, you know, you, you're making that stuff up in your head, you know, cause that's an assumption. You haven't asked her that. And not only that, but my thought is the truth always is appreciated. No matter how it might hurt, it won't hurt half as much as finding out that you were just saying that to, to preserve her feelings or to, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, an assumption on your part. It's not fact. So thoughts and feelings are not facts, right? They're just, they're just, they're just something that we have that takes place in the mind, which is not a place of facts. It's a place of what we make it, right? Um, So loneliness, let's talk about that for a moment. If you feel lonely, it's huge, by the way. Loneliness is huge. It's actually, you know, correlated with physical unwellness. So to the extent that you're, you're, you have you experience protracted periods of loneliness. Studies tell us that we, when we, you know, because we want and need to be with other people, when we experience these sustained periods of being lonely or isolated, it's bad for our physical health. Which is again why this past year was so devastating for a lot of people was because they had periods of sustained loneliness. Um, what about experiences of loss or trauma? We all have. You know, we have we have people in their lives that die. We have people that um, 
We feel uh, very connected to that experience loss, and we are so sad for them. Um, you know, the, the PTSD for, from the uh, military, um, you know, you, you feel, I, I mean, I've had it myself where you actually feel your heart break for someone else. Those things can be very devastating, but how you hold it and how you, um, you know, experience the emotion of it and let it go, you know, let it come in and out, as they say, um, is is what, something you can train yourself to do um, so that your, your heartbreak is not sustaining itself uh, through your continual um, rumination and, uh, you know, obsession, obsessive thoughts about having uh, that loss, you know. Um, when when we have, um, you know, the re- so here, here's the real self-help here to me is really developing that ability to attend to your emotions. Ask yourself what you're feeling right now. Where is it coming from? Uh, what is it here to tell you? What is it here to tell you about yourself, about, um, you know, about where you hold this and you know people can actually feel their emotion in their you know stomach or in their heart or in their head I mean they'll actually you know actually be able to feel where it's coming and that's you know that's destructive if if it's done for over a long period of time if you feel it in your head for example you might end up with something in your head you know it's kind of it's so interesting because it's so important and yet we've paid very little attention to it over the years. We're just starting to be um, aware of, of the uh, mental health uh, issues and how our emotions play a role in our mental health. Um, remember, emotional intelligence is the ability to perceive, use, understand and manage our emotions. Otherwise, our emotions are managing us. So what we are unaware of is controlling us. And that's that's something to really understand. So that's why the awareness piece is so critical. And I'm, I talk about self-awareness and other people's awareness, you know, being aware of other people um, and how they might feel, being able to read the room, so to speak, is so important to practice that ability because otherwise your emotions are managing you and what you are unaware of um, is controlling you. Because emotions have energy and um, it, so so our, that contributes or detracts from our mental health. That's how I look at it. Now, you know, here are some of the things you can do to really ensure your emotional uh, mental health or your psychological health. Um, we need each other, plain and simple. We're here on earth with each other and to the extent that we are connected to our people, our group, our reference group, um, our family, our friends. We need to be with them, you know, on a regular basis. Basis. Even if you're an introvert, you need to be with other people. Uh, maybe you don't need to be with a lot of people. Maybe you have a smaller group, and that's okay. You get together with them. Um, you do something with you. You can call one friend with whom you have a, a, a deep connection. If you're an introvert, for example, and you can ask that friend to do something with you that you both that you know you both will enjoy. Um, keeping that that support system, that connection to another. 
um, uh, you know, is really, really uh, fortifying that ability to not be lonely, that that ability to uh, be with and share with another person, um, inviting them to do something with you. Uh, you know, it strengthens that existing relationship and, and allows you to um, experience um, not only connection, but it allows you an opportunity to be kind to another person, uh, to spend uninterrupted uh emotional moments with another person, um, you know, you can, you can have that connection, um, by just, by just making a, uh, you know, a move toward another person. Um, the other thing is exercising and sleeping. We always talk about that because, you know, as, as little as it sounds like it's not so little, turns out it's very important to move, to exercise, to, to walk, to, uh, you know, park your car farther from the store so that you have a, you know, you can walk and, and breathe the clean air and, um, you know, uh, be able to move, just to, to move. Uh, that, that ability to experience the outdoors is really important. Um, and resting appropriately, you know, getting that sleep that we so uh, so desperately need to re-energize, you know, remember, everything's about energy, right? It's it, We're here, we're energy. And th- where we spend that energy is critically important. So uh, find out what's, you know, what you value, what your purpose um, is, as I always talk about on the show, but, um, you know, what, you know, focus on what gives your life purpose. Um, don't look on social media at what everybody else is doing and feel badly about what you do. You know, don't compare yourself to other people. I think it's useless. I mean, everybody has their little thing. And I th- that's one of my problems with social media is it causes people to, oh, I guess, compare themselves with others. And I, I don't think that's a healthy thing to do. Um you know, if you are feeling your emotions, like I said before, just label it, you know, name it and claim it kind of thing. Find out what's what stresses you. Um, you know, I also think being present that we, we always say that, but, you know, and it sounds so ominous. It's like, well, what, what does that mean to be present? You know, um, sometimes just stopping for five minutes during the day to just be in your skin, you know, just taking in your physical body, so to speak, you know, kind of going from your head to toe or toe to head, whichever way you want to do it. And just knowing that you're there, um, it kind of gives you that reprieve. Deep breathing will give it that to you. You know, take a moment to deeply diaphragmatically breathe. Take five deep breaths. And that, you can't believe the relief that comes with that it's because we we're so accustomed to moving and moving and moving through our day and and shallow and breathing in a shallow manner that we don't we forget that there's really a proper way to breathe that's why you know taking that moment really does um you know help to 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 get in touch with ourselves and our emotions and our you know that self-love that we need to have um so I, I think those are the things I would, you know, predominantly recommend because, um, you know, I, I guess the self-care that we kind of, I don't know, I, I don't think we think enough about it. 
I don't think it's been part of our uh, growing up. You know, we haven't been taught it and that's to blame parents because they weren't taught it. And um, I think, but now we are paying attention and it's a time to really take care of our um, mental health, our emotional health and get in touch with our emotions um, so that they're not managing us, we're managing them. Um, you know, it's, it's not that simple, but it's simple. Um, simple in a sense that, you know, it's very available to you. It's right there. You don't need to have a special equipment or anything, right? It's all up to you. So we can end here, guys. Um, I just wanted to uh, be able to be a part of, of the positive conversation with respect to mental health. I think it's um, much more important than I ever, you know, realized this year. And, um, and I hope uh, for everybody to live with love in your life, both personally and professionally, especially loving the self. Thank you for listening. Until next time, everybody. 